Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. It's official. Again, Big Ten football is back. We have all the key details on the big announcement. What will the schedule look like? What will Michigan's roster look like? There are questions and we have answers. All that on this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Big Ten football, it's happening again. We've had a podcast like this before where we uh, talked about the season, uh, the fall season. And uh, by the next week's episode, we were talking about uh, how it it had been canceled or postponed, as we always were sure to say. That was the language of the Big Ten. But uh, yeah, we don't need to look back too far because now now let's let's look from today. And then going forward, you know, the Big Ten announced today there is going to be a season. We have some details, nine games total. We'll get into that later. Daily testing for the football players during this time. And yes, yeah, starting October 23rd and 24th. So I guess they're going to maybe play some games on that Friday. I guess just, yeah, initial reaction to the news. Well, I'm glad we got it. We've been limbo, limbo now for what, a couple of weeks, whether they're going to play or not going to play. It seemed like that this has been trending this way now for a few, few days, a week, going on a week. Reportedly, it was going to happen Monday, then we thought Tuesday, and then we wake up Wednesday, and here it is. So I'm glad we have some clarity and some type of like plan going forward, That's, I guess, from, from my perspective. What say you, Zook? Yeah, I mean, it's figure we were going to get this uh, news at, at some point with, with how much was leaking and all the reports out there, and it was finally came to a head this morning. And to me... It all comes down to the medical breakthroughs and the testing and the, yeah, the rapid testing and the research done in the medical field as far as effects of the COVID-19 on these athletes. And they felt it was finally comfortable to, to move forward. And uh, I'm ready to, to cover some football, man. It's like it's been an interesting fall. I'm just excited to, to get going and see some Big Ten, Big Ten college football here this, this fall. Last Saturday was weird. I mean, you know, you flip on the TV and you had other other teams playing, including, you know, Notre Dame, a common opponent of Michigan over the years, you know, Clemson later at night. And none of the big none of the teams in the Big Ten were. And it just seemed it seemed unfair in a way. Um, now, the Big Ten has said it wasn't outside pressures, including those from the uh, the leader of the free world uh, that that influenced this decision. It was, as Ryan said, the facts had changed. Now, they weren't too specific on what those were. You know, we can kind of guess better access to daily tests, those tests being more reliable, but they weren't really uh, forthright in, in why they decided to postpone it when they did. So I guess that's not that's not too surprising. That's the case. But here we are, you know, playing, uh, you know, with a Big Ten football season slated to begin, like I said, October 23rd, October 24th. The next, you know, the next shoe to drop here is is the actual matchups and the dates, you know, for for Michigan and the other thirteen teams. So we don't know those yet, but yeah, we know the start, we know the the end date, we know they're going to play what they'll call eight regular season games, and then a ninth, the ninth week will be conference championship, which is how it'll always be the best team in the you know top team in the East versus the top team in the West. They're also then going to go down the line with the second place teams facing each other, third place teams, just to give everyone an extra game. I want names for all of these games. I want trophies for them. You know, I, I want sponsorships. I want it all right down to the seventh place game. But uh, that's kind of the the plan. I guess what was your thought on, you know, the number of games and then kind of especially that extra ninth game, the way they're doing it? 
I was going to say, just I think this is the schedule that fit in, into the, the time frame in which they're starting. I mean, there were talk that they were, they were thinking about the October 10th and October 17th. In fact, Barry Alvarez, the, the athletic director at Wisconsin, who was kind of in charge of the, the subcommittee over scheduling, in fact, told reporters today that they had, one of their proposed models was to start on the 17th and include a bye week for each team. That obviously wasn't wasn't agreed upon by the, the presidents and the chancellors. They just they wanted to start a week later, October 23rd, 24th, like you said, but they're, they're going to have to play nine games in nine weeks to finish a complete schedule. So that remains to be seen whether they're going to be able to do that because as we've watched the college football season roll out here early in early September, we've seen a number of games postponed or, or moved back. You know, once the Big Ten season starts in, in late October, they're not going to have that cushion here. So I, I think they're banking on testing being in place, as, as they have said, as of right now, daily anti- antigen testing is, is expected to begin by September 30th. All players and, and staff members and coaches will be tested. If they're found to be positive, uh, they'll be given an additional PCR test to confirm that that suspicion. And if they are, then they're out for 21 days. They're taking this thing seriously, as they should. Um, if they're going to take the step and play a football season, but there's really no room for error. So if a, if a team has an outbreak over you know a week or so, and you know half their team is is out or whatever, whatever the case may be, um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Big Ten uh, deals with that. And, and it's anything over five percent for the team positivity rate. So I mean, if you think there's 130 players on on a team, and that's not too many players. So I, I think it is a little bit of lofty expectations here from the Big Ten to expect they can get all teams to play nine weeks or nine games in nine weeks. Me personally, I think it would have made it a little bit more sense to, I don't know how much one week is going to make a difference as far as safety and, and knowing more information. And I mean, they're, they're going to have the, the daily testing beginning September 30th. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I just hope there's not a situation where a team that goes undefeated heading into week seven or eight, and then they have to, there's a cancellation and they get, held out of a conference championship game because they had to miss a game or something. Because, yeah, if the, the team must stop regular practice and in games if their their team positivity rate goes over over 5%. So it's right. definitely something to monitor. We, we saw those numbers, but correct me if I'm wrong, we didn't say anything about what happens if, you know, then the game can't be played because of that. I mean, I, I just, I'm not sure what the plan is there. And I think you probably should have a plan there because, you know, it's one thing if a starting quarterback gets, gets knocked out, uh, you know, as in can't play because of the virus. I mean, that that's unfortunate, but you can still play your game, but you know, seven offense, you know, the whole offense, seven off scholarship, offensive linemen get, get it. And you, that's, that's probably unsafe to play that game. And now, yeah, without the built in extra week, not that one week would make a difference in that case, you know, what, what do you do? It kind of throws everything off, but we'll see at least for now that this is the plan. And I, I like the extra, the extra week with those games and, I think in many ways, the schedule can be more competitive, more exciting than it's been. I'm, I'm hoping that some of these changes that have been kind of forced upon these conferences and in college sports, and you know, we see it in, in, in pro sports too, with some of the new rules in baseball, that some of that creativity, I hope, it, I hope it stays going forward. I don't think anyone would have minded more conference games, even, even in a regular year, because the Michigan-Washington game was going to be probably, was going to be one that you know, people were looking forward to. Michigan Ball State, Michigan Arkansas State, not so much. And that's been the schedule now, at least for Michigan and many other of their peers for years. One good non-conference and two not so good ones. So, you know, if you can replace all three of those with, you know, another conference game or two, I think overall it's it's a net win. So, uh, you know, exciting schedule that they're going to put forth. You would sure think that it'll be interesting. Obviously, seven teams in each division. If you've got your eight games to start, figure six of them are against your your 
you know, your division and, and, and two on the other side. And then, you know, you'll eventually have your then crossover game in the, uh, you know, championship week. Crossover game, glorified scrimmage, whatever you want to call it. I just have a hard time believing that there's going to be much interest in, in the 7v7 game. I mean, it's, I feel like there's going to be a lot of backups and young players played in those games just to kind of get their feet wet in college football. I don't see, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what those games are like. But I think the Big Ten Championship could be fun, though. Sure. Not only that, but the unanswered question is how this abbreviated schedule for the Big Ten kind of factors into the playoff and the bowl situation. Yes. You know, everyone's, the commissioner and other folks were asked today on the, on the press conference, and, and the Big Ten sounds, you know, confident that if they're able to get through a complete nine-game schedule, that their champion probably would have, have an opportunity to play in the college football playoff. But we haven't got any clarity on, on how the CFP plans do, uh, you know, address this. You know, you've got other leagues like, like the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC who plan to play more games in the Big 10 just from a number standpoint. How are they going to weigh those teams? And again, this is assuming the Big 10 gets through an entire schedule without issue. Mm-hmm. Um, how are they going to weigh those teams against, against uh, you know, just I'm throwing this out here, out here, a 9-0 Ohio State team. So it's going to be, that's going to be intriguing to follow. And then as we always, as we're all aware, you know, when it comes to the postseason bowl schedule, typically to become eligible, you need to win six games. Does that change for some <laughs> of these big 10 teams who, you know, could in theory could go, you know, five and four, six and three, four, you know, four and four going into the final game. There's, there's some unanswered questions there for the, when it comes to the postseason. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Aaron is absolutely right. As far as college basketball is dealing with a similar thing. They're trying to get to the NCAA tournament and kind of working backwards. And it's instead of asking how much can we do before then, like you might be under normal circumstances, I think the the safer, the more appropriate question is what is the minimum we can do to still have a legitimate postseason? And I think the Big Ten might have asked a similar question. Here's where we are. It's September 16th already. When can we start safely to then be done in time to you know participate in this postseason? And I think that why that that ninth game definitely factors into that decision there. And I, I think that's that's enough of a body of work to be uh, up for inclusion in in any potential playoff. So yeah, we'll see we'll see how it all. Never before. More so, I think, with the eye test coming to play here when it comes to the, the college football committee and how they're, how they're weighing these teams and how, they, how they've looked. Um, you might see some scores run up. You might see some different things, you know, factored in here. Uh, it's, you know, again, assuming they get through a nine-game schedule, the Big Ten can. For a team like Ohio State or Wisconsin or whoever's maybe in, in, in play there for the Final Four playoff, yeah, I'm curious to see just how, they, how, this, how this all goes, goes about. And of course, you know, when this all was canceled, it was not just football, it was other Big Tens, other fall sports as well. No word on them yet. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, claimed that the reasoning was that football, because of its its, its large roster numbers, was, you know, the most Money. Com- <coughs> yeah, the <laughs> most complex. And therefore, you know, the others will be will be easy after this. Yeah, I think I think we all know the the real reason probably why football, you know, got got the front seat in this, but it's still good news for other fall sports to potentially resume. I always thought that they could happen in in various ways, you know, just because of the more socially distant nature of, of some of these other sports. But uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at. Um, no fans. Uh, that's the word that there will not be at least, you know, the general public allowed in media in the press box, maybe uh, family members of players and coaches, maybe. But it seems like it'll be a little more strict than 
than you're, you you were possibly seeing if you tuned in to, to various games, you know, this past Saturday. You know, On that I don't note, know. too, yeah. uh, I was just going to say, Michigan did send a letter out to their season ticket holders uh, today uh, before we, we found out that there weren't going to be fans in the stands saying that Mich- the state of Michigan and the public health limitations were going to limit folks in the stadium anyway. So uh, even before we, lo- we, we got word from the Big Ten, it sounded like Michigan wasn't planning on having folks in the stadium anyway. Right. Now, I don't know how much we want to get into exactly what they're doing with testing and, and you know, the, the hard stuff and all that, but I don't know. Some of this stuff, I'm not the first to point this out. It's a little unsettling, some of this. Here's a line from the Big Ten's, uh, you know, statement today, their release uh, that football is back. The data we are going to collect from testing and the cardiac registry will provide major contributions for all 14 Big Ten institutions as they study COVID-19 and attempt to mitigate the spread of the, the disease among wider communities. There was mention of that on the on the press conference with you know various members of the Big Ten, from presidents to ADs to you know Kevin Warren himself. And, and there's another kind of uh, mention of that uh, language in, in other parts of the statement. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. To me, it makes it seem like this is going to be an experiment of sorts that the football players are being put through for the greater good. We're going to learn so much from from you know these 100 person rosters, you know, about this instead of like, hey, we know it's safe already to go through with it. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little. Or and this is me being pessimistic. It was a way to try and sell the presidents of the universities on you know agreeing to this because mm-hmm. to me it kind of it's, it's a very similar to the idea of when you know multi million dollar in some cases billion dollar companies you know, convince local cities to approve tax breaks for, you know, a, 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 an arena or whatever. Yeah. And they promise all jobs and, and economic activity around it. So yeah, that, that's a good, good question. Uh, I'm curious to see how that unfolds. And I think Kevin Warren was in fact asked about the cardiac registry and how that's going to work. And he didn't have a ton of clarity on that. So I, I, I'm, I'm, we'll see how that goes and what, what ends up coming from it all. He's adept at saying a lot of words without saying much. He'd fit (laughs) right in on the Wolverine Confidential podcast. Yeah, so I guess on that note, uh, safety, uh, health concerns could be a reason that some players opt out. Obviously, the NFL is another reason that players are going to opt out. And, you know, we already knew some high-profile Michigan players had made that choice, uh, namely Jalen Mayfield, offensive lineman, and... uh, Defensive back Ambry Thomas, you know, had kind of, you know, made those decisions, you know, no official word on whether they've gone back on them, but I guess you don't need to. They made their decisions. And until we hear otherwise, we're going to assume that's that's the path they're taking. But yeah, there could be there could be others. I mean, you're, you're seeing other reports where names are being floated around some high profile players potentially sitting out, you know, for who knows exactly what reasons. But I guess, yeah, don't don't be surprised if this happens or, or what, what are your guys thoughts on on that? No, you're right. I mean, and we've said this for weeks now, and, and Nico Collins' name, his name is being floated out there. I, I would not be surprised if he ends up opting out. He would. I mean, I don't. And I said this months ago. I don't. I didn't think he needed to come back. I think he, he could have went, you know, declared for the draft last year and gotten drafted. I thought he was a better prospect and better player than Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, but he opted to come back to try and boost his stock and put together a full season. Don't be surprised if he opts out. Uh, there's some guys on the defensive side of the ball, more additional guys you might see. I know Brad Hawkins was asked and didn't sound like he's going to, but there's a pathway potentially for him. The key point that Barry Alvarez, the athletic director at Wisconsin, who was kind of, as I mentioned, was in charge of the scheduling for the Big Ten, he, he kept making it clear that he, he, they wanted to give some value and, and make the season meaningful 
uh, for these Big Ten teams that, that are going to play football. And that's one of the reasons why they put together this this nine-game schedule to try and, I think, sway some of these players that, that have this decision coming up because they know that. You know, the schools all know that they have players on the fence about whether or not to play this fall, whether they should play, whether they should, whether it would be better for them to sit out and, and take their chances at the combine. Um, now that all this has been laid out for them, in terms of the schedule details and, and the testing and everything else, when, when the games are going to be played, these players are going to have a decision to make. I mean, don't, over, I'd say over the next month, you're probably hear some additional names that will potentially opt out and not just in Michigan, but uh, across the big 10 landscape. For me, when, when the news first started appearing that a bunch of these, these big 10 players were, were beginning to opt out was because there was an uncertainty of a, a false season and they didn't want to play a spring and then enter the draft and possibly play another season. But now that there is, it's official, like they're playing in the fall again, it seems to me like it would, it wouldn't make too much sense to continue to sit out or, or to opt out again, because you can still have time to develop and improve your game and have that kind of necessary time off to, to recover and then enter the draft again. So it, to me, it, I don't know. I'll be surprised if there are a lot of Big Ten players that continue to opt out just because now they're kind of back on that traditional timeline that, that makes sense. Yes. I mean, but there's still risk no matter what from COVID or just from other injuries or from potentially exposing yourself if, as a prospect, if you are already highly thought of, you know, what, what more do you have to gain? And then past years, you could say, well, then why didn't they sit out? But I mean, again, this might be a little kind of pessimistic or whatever, but you didn't have that cover of COVID and, and kind of the circus of the big 10, you know, going back and forth on its decision. I think you might've been it might have been frowned upon to sit out. And I think, again, so for a future pod, going forward, will this become the norm? I mean, I think that's a that's a fair question to wonder whether star players, uh, even without COVID, even without questions about when the season is going to happen, will decide to, uh, you know, potentially sit out just to, you know, get that year of just to become eligible for the NFL draft once they've done enough and just start their training uh, right then and there. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I think it's another reason why, in my eyes, this season is going to have an asterisk on it. It's better than nothing to be having these games. And shoot, nine games, that's a, that's a pretty full schedule. That was a full schedule not, not too long ago. But yeah, I mean, you, listen, you got some teams that have star players that are sitting out. It's just not really, yeah, it's not it's not the same as, as it would have been, but so be it. Uh, so yeah, we will wait for Michigan's uh, schedule to come out. I think that's kind of the next the next major uh piece of information for sure but yeah it was a uh, it was a uh, important and i think you know overall a, a positive day i know we've hit on some of these some of these things that are still there's still questions to be answered there's still some some doubts about how this is all going to work but i don't know let's end this thing on a positive note this is overall this is this is good for for pretty much everyone yes definitely good for me <laughs> yeah i think it's good for all of, all of us you know covering the team but it also Keep in mind, you got to keep things in perspective. It, it basically brings the Big Ten in line with some of these other conferences that have decided to, to move forward. Um, I, I think that's part of the, the thing here. You know, the Big Ten doesn't necessarily want to be the, the conference left out. Now, the Pac-12 still hasn't made a move yet. And it doesn't sound like they're going to in the near future. Um, but when, you know, when you've got peer conferences like the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC electing and move forward it makes like it makes the big 10 look like the, you know the odd man out here and it doesn't look good from a, from a pr perspective from a recruiting perspective uh and, and you know these coaches and, and the ad's and the players and everything else are competitive as heck uh and, and many of them wanted to play as, as they as they made clear uh, so it, it puts the big 10 basically in line with the other the other conferences not playing as many games but they're still going to play and they're still going to be on tv and, and everything else so it's uh, and it gives us more football at the end of the day too. 
And I think uh, another result of this possibly that no one has really been talking about yet is, I mean, with so many uh, layoffs in athletic departments and and cutting of sports at certain athletic departments, I mean, uh, yeah, there won't be any fans in the stands, but I mean, football is still a big revenue generator for these programs. If this can just prevent some of these these, uh, university programs from having to lay more people off or cut sports, that's a good thing. Like, people should be happy about that. So. Hopefully that's another uh, positive effect of football being back this fall. Yeah, at last check, I think the big each Big Ten school got anywhere from I think forty to fifty million dollars from their TV distribution for football TV distribution rights from ESPN and Fox and everything else. So that's a big chunk of change the athletic departments uh, would like to have. That would definitely be enough to cover my salary. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and presumably <laughs> they're able to get through this this nine games. <laughs> I think all of us. It's gonna. Presuming they're able to get through the schedule, it's it's gonna be a boon for some of these athletic departments who, as as we all know, are facing financial calamity in some regards. So it's um it's it's a good day for for that as well. Stay tuned for full coverage of this on MLive.com, including, you know, today, we believe, uh, an announcement on the start of the college basketball season, which is fitting that once again, college basketball will kind of be overshadowed by by football uh, on this day. Um, but the division NCAA Division One Council, which with all the subcommittees and councils and groups, uh, that one sits on top and they're expected to, you know, adopt a start date for for the college basketball season initially uh, scheduled for November 10th thoughts that it could be pushed back a couple of weeks, um, November 20 something potentially, but yeah, they're, they're going to be, you know, discussing more than just that too. Some transfer talk and, you know, NCAA tournament talk and, and, and bubbles and preseason tournaments and all that. So yeah, stay tuned for coverage of that as well on what has become a major sports day in the big 10. Thank you for listening.